In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the owners grouping. on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Live on Net. Okay. Your turn. That's it? That's it. That's it? <laughs> I am Ron Cole, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the masterful, the musical, the macabre, and all that stuff. Hi, And with me, my co-host, <laughs> psychic investigator for the New England Ghost Project, the queen of pain, Maureen Wood. Hey, how you doing? So you can tell it's been a, a tough day for me, huh? Um, I don't know, has it? Well, yeah, after a You just walked in like two seconds ago, so I mean, so you're trying to tell me. Telling it's difficult to tell. Give me a few minutes. Anyways, the number here is 877-864-4869, Or join us live in the Toki chat room. Wow, you said it right. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Yes, we uh, tomorrow night, we will be live, live at the Old College Memorial Library with uh, Jeff Belanger. Jeff Belanger will be giving a talk. talk. We'll be, like, hanging around, doing nothing, giving out free CDs, right? Yep. You're yeah. awesome talking to me. <laughs> What's up with your hair, by the way? You know, anybody I'm up here... I don't even recognize her. It's like, who is this broad? Hey, I'm t- Hey! Wow. Now, actually, you know, you go to the hairdresser, get your hair done, yeah. and, and they never do it the way that you do it. So you got to wash it and well, refix well, it. this is improvement. It makes you look normal. Excuse me. Well, then don't get used to it because I'm not saying it that way. Really? <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know what's happening. But uh, Also, this weekend, we will be in Salem, Massachusetts, doing our annual Spectral Evidence 101 with the Witches of Salem. And I'm really excited about that. So about, of course, so you don't have tickets, eh, you're all done. It, in it's fact, sold out? Oh, yeah, sold out one week ago. No, I got a list of people that want to go. The way it goes. Oh. But anyways, um, I was actually talking to Christian, and we may do two of them next week, year. Really? Yeah. Okay. The way. So anyways, that's coming up. And at the end of the month, we have a Halloween special, which is... Um, uh, we're doing an investigation thing at some 1700 house at the Eye of the Hawk, whatever that is, in yeah. Rye, Rye Beach, and that'll be fun. That'll be a lot yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be like a family reunion to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm bringing beers. <laughs> You're bringing beer? Yeah. I'm bringing my daughter and my niece. Yeah. Anyway. See? I'm uh, bringing the healthy choice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and also after that, we have... Um, 
Gavin Cromwell, who will be doing Dining with the Dead on November 3rd. I believe you're doing something on the second, aren't you? Yes, I am. I am teaching another mediumship class for Elizabeth Foley, the angel lady, and that will be at the uh, Hotel in Nashville, I believe, the Braxton Hotel. Oh, speaking of Elizabeth Foley, uh, on the 22nd, which is next Wednesday, I will be on her show as, as the guest. So, uh, ooh, Leslie's going to the Iowa Hawk. I am really excited. Ooh, I can't wait, Leslie. You know, she makes my heart go boom, boom, boom. Can I pat her? Yes, she should. Yeah, anyway. Doesn't take much these days for you, though. No, huh? not at my age. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going on. And what else we got? I think that's about it for now. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to help people make money. Okay. How? Really? You're probably wondering it. Ron, how are you going to make people make money? No, no, no. Spell as we did that last time. This is pretty cool. This is really something that, that someone sent me. You're going to send me to buck? No. Okay. So this is the deal. If you guys had bought $1,000 worth of Delta Airlines a year ago, you'd right. have $49 today. All right? If you bought $1,000 worth of shares of AIG a year ago, you'd have $33 today. If you bought 1,000 shares with the Lehman Brothers <laughs> one year ago, you'd have zip, nothing. However, if you bought $1,000 worth of beer, drank it all, and recycled the bottles, you'd have $2.14. <laughs> oh, so, $214. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, $214. So, I mean, that, that's going to tell you something. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Anyway, yeah, you're all cheery tonight, aren't you? Anyways, that's called the 401k plan. Uh, the 401k plan. plan. Right. Well, genius. Yeah, I, I, you know, I bet your um, the Viking likes that one. I'm sure he does. Yeah, but anyway. Okay, so uh, we have a great guest on the show today. Uh, if I can find... Where, where, Did they crawl in yet? I don't know. I got too many screens going up. I can't see. I gotta get Why are you into the chat? Uh, okay. Oh, we yes. do have our guest. We do have Barbara here. So let's, you know, I've been trying to get this woman for like months now. Tell your wife this. Right. <laughs> Come on the show. Oh, we got to be specific. I'm sorry. Yes. But anyways, and uh, she's a phenomenal person. I had a little chat with her before. She owns a uh, haunted uh, hotel, and uh, but she's into all this stuff, too. It's re she's really an intelligent person, uh, unlike some people I know. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my so why don't, God. Why don't we put her on? Her name is Barbara Sidway Sidway. Something like that. Not intelligent like you, huh? No, not as crazy. You can't even say your name. Barbara. Barbara, you there? I am. It's Sidway, but I'll answer to sideways or anything else for you, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure to speak with you. How are you doing? Great. How are you all? Oh, very good. You all? What is that you all? Are you from the oh, I spent a little time in the South in my younger years. Oh. There's nothing wrong with saying y'all. We were fixing to go down here for a while. <laughs> But anyway, Barbara owns a very cool hotel, and it is out in Washington, Oregon, someplace out there. <laughs> wow, is he so good with the facts there, Barbara? Hey, he's, you know, he's covering the bases. It is in eastern Oregon, which yeah. is um, the closest commercial airport is Boise International Airport, which is an easy two-hour drive away, to put that go. in reference geographically. It's Joe Geezer Hotel, right? Pardon me? Pardon me? Yo, Geyser Hotel? Geyser. Geyser. It's spelled G-E-I-S-E-R. <laughs> it's pronounced wow. like the geysers in Yellowstone, but it's spelled G-E-I-S-E-R. It's, oh. it's named after the family that emigrated from Switzerland and parlayed their capital into great wealth, 
by loaning money to gold miners and so on out here. This was the queen city of the mines in the late 19th century. And so how did you come by the old Geyser Hotel? Geyser Grand Hotel. Well, uh, my passion is historic preservation, and that's also been my career. And so we've we've, uh, had the great honor of restoring some some terrific buildings around the country, mostly in Florida and also in Oregon. And the Geyser Grand uh, had fallen into, it was a wonderful building in uh, in the late 19th century, but slowly in the 20th century it fell into decline, it was boarded up, pretty much falling apart. And they were going to bulldoze it, turn it into a parking lot, and the townspeople said, no way, we want to save this. So we were on somebody's short list of people that might, you know, might come out and do it. And uh, so they got us out here, we fell in love with the place, and uh, haven't left, basically. Now, how, long, how long have you owned it? Uh, since 1993. Okay, 1993. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, I know that you're in the preservation. We're going to talk about that a little later. But... Um, after you bought it, uh, did you do some? You did some work on it, I assume, right? Yeah, a huge yeah. amount of work. It took a couple of years, from '93 to '95, to decide whether it could be saved or not by doing different uh, techniques. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the other thing is that when you bought it, did you know it was haunted? Oh, certainly not. Uh huh. Now, would, it, would would that have changed your mind at all? No. No, I've done uh, other restoration projects that have had ghosts, lots of ghosts, and I think that kind of goes hand in hand with important historic buildings. That doesn't freak me out. Yeah. Oh, very good. So, um, so do tell us. I know Ron's going to be questioning other things, but what are some of the experiences you've had at the hotel? Well, um, I'd like to tell you about terrific personal, vibrant experiences that I've had, but it's been really pretty limited. And mostly that's because I'm very fond of sleeping at night (laughs) in my own house just a few blocks from the hotel. And so most of the uh, reported experiences, which continue, there's not a week that goes by that someone doesn't report something. But it's almost always between, like, midnight and 4 a.m., and I'm just not here then. But on the Mm -hmm. first night that I stayed in the hotel before it was open to the public, we just finished some of the rooms, 1997, I was uh, dozing off, twilight sleep, it's about midnight, and I'm kind of awakened by some sound. And then I'm like, oh, sound, the building's empty. This is concerning to me. So I sat up in bed and pressed my ear to the wall, and I clearly, I was awake at this point, and I heard clearly a party going on. Voices, clinking glasses, music. You know what a party sounds like when you're in an apartment mm-hmm. and there's neighbors noisy next door, right? Yeah. It sounded just like that. So I woke my husband up, who was in bed with me, and said, hey, somebody's broken in. There's a party going on. We've got to stop this. This is, our, this is our place. So I sent him forth for the room. And he, and he hunted the building from the rooftop all the way out to the sidewalk and could find no one. But the party was continuing, and I could hear it through the wall. And um, I just wrote it off at the time. It didn't occur to me that it was ghosts. I wrote it off at the time to someone had broken in somewhere, and we were just too gosh darn tired to find them. Months later, the reports started to come in from people that used to work in the hotel decades prior, before it was shut down, and they described to me what I had heard. And I was stunned. They said that there was a party that would go on in the old dining room of the hotel, we now call the Swan's Room. And they described what they would hear, just what I heard, and then you would open the doors, and it would stop. Now, that's interesting. When you woke your husband up, did he hear it as well? Yes. 
did. Okay. Yep. Um, and is he open to any of the experiences or no? Yeah, well, I mean, we've all had our own experience. He's my business partner, and so in the course of doing restoration, he's had not only personal experiences, but also he's dealt with the aftermath of staff and subcontractors having experiences with ghosts. You know, like getting scared and running off the site, that kind of thing. So, Really? Contractors, the big burly contractors aren't scared of anything? Those, those would be the ones, sir. Yeah, <laughs> those those are the ones actually that that get the most terrified and run off because I think they're not open to the possibility. And when confronted with evidence of spirit activity, they get the most freaked out. Yeah. Oh yeah, I totally agree with you. My husband is a contractor, um, and I'll tell you, you know, like he has no clue of the reasons why I do what I do. And, you know, he says, oh, yeah, I don't believe. But yet when you talk about it, he'll sit there and I look at him and his eyes are watering. And if he could turn and run, he would. Okay, well, let me tell you this story to tell your husband. Maybe he's listening. Otis Elevator, everybody's heard of this big company, right? Yeah. We hired them to, the the building was the third west of the Mississippi to have an elevator, just to give you a flavor of how glamorous this place was back in the day. The first was the uh, hotel, um, oh, in Aspen. I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, the second, the Del Coronado in San Diego, the third, the Geyser Grand Hotel in Baker City. <clears throat> so we hired uh, Otis to come out and retrofit the existing elevator chase with a new elevator cabin and, and machinery. We needed them to do this install at night so that we could control the electricity and so on for the safety of the other crews who were working on the project. Makes sense, right? Yeah. So there's a crew of three guys sent down from Spokane to do the install. And they're working in the shaft. No, none of us are in there with us, with them, but there were some of us on property. And at one point in time, middle of the night, they came racing out of the shaft and said, there's too many people in there for us to work. We're, not, we're out of here. And they left the hotel in a huge hurry, and they never came back. Otis wound up sending out a different team of fellows who completed the elevator install. And when they said too many people in the shaft, you know what they were talking about. Are you breaking up a little bit? Uh, are you on a cell phone? No, no, I'm on a landline. Oh, I don't know where that came from. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry, There's a little echo so on the line. So basically they saw somebody or three people in the um, the elevator or in the shaft? No, or? The, the, the team of three burly guys, construction guys, yep. had experiences with multiple spirits in the elevator shaft. Oh. It terrified them so much that they left in extreme, abrupt manner. I mean, they basically ran out of the building and never returned. Oh, my goodness. Left their equipment, abandoned the job. Anybody in construction knows that's an unusual event. Oh, very unusual. You know, they want the money. They want the work to be done. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So what other events, so what has your husband experienced? You said that he experienced a few things, right? Oh, yes. I mean... um, well, for example, in the hotel, the, the, the most persistent uh, sighting that continues is seeing people walking down hallways into rooms or into walls, and they disappear, and you kind of follow them, but then they disappear by the time you get to them. That's a pretty frequent event. Um, now, now, when they see them, are they, they solid, or are they kind of like transparent? Or? It's always a little bit shadowy, not completely clear. Um, the spirit that is seen with most clarity, we've come to call the lady in blue. We just speculate about who she really is. 
but she's been described by others in enough detail. And I have not seen her myself, but she's been described as having, um, and this is by people that don't talk to each other, but all come up with consistent stories. Right. She has a receding chin. She has brunette hair that's in a, like, Gibson girl type style hair. And she has a long blue dress with a fitted waist. Now, this ghost was observed by a reporter from the New York Times, Laura Silverman, who was sent out here by the New York Times to little bitty Baker City. I know, Ron could barely find it on the map, but the Times decided to send her out because we'd enjoy quite a bit of media coverage on the Associated Press line and internationally on the haunting of the hotel. So they sent her out to debunk the myth, right? And I had coffee with her the next morning, and I heard her story. The lady in blue came into her room, sat down next to her on the bed. She smelled of rose water, just an old-fashioned kind of cologne. And she didn't threaten her, didn't scare her. She was sitting there next to her on the bed some point in time, she got up and walked around the room and rattled her jewelry, moved her jewelry around, kind of played with her jewelry, and then left. So, Barbara, let me ask you, do you think that these spirits that are there, um, is it more like a residual energy that they're going through the motions or memories, or do you believe there's any interaction that's going on as well? Interaction with our, with our current guests? Well, you know, there's times we talk about different levels of hauntings, right? And you'll have an intelligent haunting, the ones that will make, try to make communication, or you'll have a, uh, the spirits that basically it's residual, whether it be memories yeah. or... Yeah, I think it's residual. I think it's residual, Maureen. Okay. All right. So you've never had any kind of occurrences where there's been any type of interaction with the guests, just that they're viewing and seeing what's going on? They're viewing and seeing, right. And we also have, um, well, we do have this interaction. We have had, I've had a number of reports from uh, staffers of a ghost or spirit um, kind of pushing them, like Mm -hmm. kind of shoving them. And it, it always occurs in one area of the hotel called the liquor room, the storage room. Well, that makes sense. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to come visit that part, Ron. Oh. Yeah. That's good to me. <laughs> I, I'm a teetotaler. <laughs> ah, well, even better for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so, yeah, there's, there's, a con- there's a consistent number of stories. You could, you could interview, you know, a dozen different staffers who will tell you the same story who've worked over the last dozen years, um, that there's, in, in the basement, there's a spirit that will... So that's kind of interacting with them, I guess. Yes, yeah. yep. Uh, and then they, they do physical things in the hotel. Uh, really? Yeah, they'll be uh, consistent stories. I haven't personally observed the action happening, but I've observed aftermath that people say they witnessed, um, you know, like uh, dishes being moved, dropped, cases of glasses flying off the shelf, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of my favorite stories, which I heard personally from the women, we, we did all of the sewing of the textiles, custom window treatments for over 100 windows here in, in the hotel, and we set up a shop for the seamstresses, local seamstresses, to do the sewing in, right? <clears throat> so one day they went into the room and everything was upside down, the window, the, everything was turned inside out. Winnie turned inside out. Like there were curtains on the walls and they were twisted in a knot. 
And, yeah, that's the interaction. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so if you call that wow. an interaction, and then and then I asked them, I said, well, "What's going on?" They said, "Oh, it's the ghost." <laughs> well, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, they're fine. They like it here. We like them here. I mean, they're not threatened or scared yeah. at all. But they were. At, they all of them knew that the ghosts were there in the room with them, and they were fine with it. And I want to say that's the same room that Laura Silverman had her experience with the lady in blue, which is interesting. And we had problems with the key into that room uh, early on, and the same seamstress said, oh, the ghosts don't, don't want that key to work because they want to keep this one for themselves. <laughs> um, that, you know, is there any ch- certain time of the year maybe that I'm just kind of curious that is stronger than another, or do you, is it just constant? I think it's, it's consistent year-round. I haven't noticed any, any uh, you know, diminution in, in activity. Um, I've definitely noticed this timing of the day, and you all know so much about this, you probably have a total explanation for it. I have no clue why it's, it seems to be at this very late time of day. My guess instinct is that that's the time when uh, our living humans are at rest, and so they've got kind of the run of the place at that time of day, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty close. I mean, we, we say often that that's the time when the veil is the thinnest, Right. Um, it's certainly the between time the realms, between the, the realms. And the dead. Yes, it's the time when it's thin. You know, the thinnest is when you can make more connection. In, in fact, when there are people that are sleeping and you have dreams of someone, right, a loved one that's trying mm-hmm. to communicate with you, maybe mm-hmm. that would be the time when they were going to come through. Is when you're sleeping, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it's also easier for them to come through then. So that time as well, and the busyness of the day. Mm-hmm. When you're really busy during the day, you know, you're thinking of bills, you're thinking of all this. First of all, you're not paying attention really to what's going on anyway. And mm-hmm. at night when things get quiet, we're apt to sense them a lot more. Mm-hmm. So that could be. We've had guests. There's, there's, I won't use the name, but one of the most prominent businessmen in Oregon uh, stayed in the hotel with his family, and they had fun with a Ouija board and whatnot. Uh, kind of a little family reunion, and they believe that they took a ghost home with them in their suitcase from the hotel back to their house really? in Portland. Huh. Why do they believe that? Would they give you for reasoning? Did they say anything? Uh, they felt they had a ghostly experience while they were here, and that same experience was with them back in, in their home in Portland. I don't really? know. Really? Yeah, I don't know, guys. I just listen, you know. Well, but this, this is a person with credibility to me that I know is not right. a crackpot and wouldn't have any reason to make it up. So... Well, I would say that, um, you know, first of all, we always say ghosts on pets. Um, the people often think, hey, this is great, you know, I'm just taking home this excitement or whatever with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, we, you know, many times you won't investigate, and a lot of people believe that, hey, you know, you never bring anybody home, that that's not something you can do, mm-hmm. when in fact, you know, who knows if you have you know, like a, a ghost that wanders in or a street ghost, you might say, someone that's in the hotel that mm-hmm. just chooses to be there, mm-hmm. that necessarily doesn't mean that they're stuck there for eternity just because mm-hmm. they go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, is it possible? Sure it is. You know, it can be. The, the um, probability of it all the time is probably not as high mm-hmm. of taking the spirit home, but you never know. And that's the only time that I've, that I've heard that, you know, so. Hmm. Now... I understand the Japanese did an investigation here, didn't they? They did, and they did. Uh, they stayed here for a week with a big team. They hired psychics. They got descriptions of the ghosts. They hired actors to put on costumes and portray them. 
have to send you the show. It's called, it's a, actually, it's Fuji TV is the big network in Japan. If any of your listeners Fuji. know know Japanese TV, that's the big station there. And it's a show that's on every Saturday night. It's still running. It's called Unbelievable. And it's a Robert Stack kind of actor who's very famous. Can't remember his name right now. Um, and they talk about, you know, crazy, nutty things around the world. And so they did this, this piece on the geyser. And they, they had such a strong belief in what they found. They recently did a 10-year retrospective on the best of, and we made the best of cut. So uh, they believe that they well, found a ghost moving China. Isn't it amazing that even in, in those cultures, uh, you know, because ghosts are more prevalent like in, in uh, European, well, not even Europe, in Anglo-Saxon countries like you. Well, United, Ron, I learned something from, from, from our Japanese friends that the spirits are a very important thing in their culture. They completely, there's a very strong acceptance of ghosts in Japanese culture, and it's, it's important to them. I was surprised to learn that. Really? Yeah, really. Very, very open to it. In fact, they, they came with their own preset way of, of ritualistic ways that you connect with, with spirits world. They had garlic and they had candles that they lit and put in certain patterns on the floor. Um, I kid you, you know, not. I think they've been watching too many Bella Gosi movies. I don't know. It was no. Everybody has their own way. I mean, think of it. What do we use? I mean, we don't use garlic, but we put you know, as far as doing work, special the, blend. Special blend. We use salt, right? Sea salt. So they choose garlic. Maybe they're just covering their vampires too. Who knows? Right. <laughs> I don't know. It was interesting, <laughs> but the the uh, the psychic that they hired um, did, you know, the the things that she talked about were consistent with the other reports that I've had from guests prior to that time and after that time. One of the consistent stories that we have from guests is that the shower will turn on without anyone in the room. One time we had a woman call from her room, very frightened, saying someone's broken in my room and they're taking a shower. So we, you know, <laughs> so we you know, came up and the shower was on and there was no one in there, no one in her room, and, their, and her deadbolt was on. Oh, wow. And so it wasn't like she entered the room. She no. had the room locked, right? Yeah, exactly. She was in the room, locked, in her bed, and the shower went on. No, we, we just went somewhere where the, the water turned on by itself. Yeah, we were at the investigation in, uh, oh, where were we? Isn't that awful? They tightened your brain. Nashua, when they not Nashua. Um, where was that? I don't know. The one we went to with the, uh, the barn and... Oh, yeah, 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 the tavern. The tavern, yeah. Yeah, 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 that was um, cool. It was cool, but we, it was so weird because he, I'd seen something similar. You know, it had a, you know, it was like a little bathroom that they had with the stalls, and, you know, you go wash your hand in a woman's room. So I'm in the bathroom, right, and I hear the water start turning on inside out of the stall, and I thought, and I'm talking to Janet, thinking Janet and our group was washing her hands. She must have come in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I came out, and there was nobody there. Hmm. So, so it, it does happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, just kind of comical. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I, I'm just like, yeah, okay, no problem. Yeah, I'll just shut the water for you, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> right. It's not. That's not the kind of thing that's going to make you run screaming from the place, terrified. Right. If it did that, I'd be in trouble. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially being part of the New England Ghost Project, it would be right. a real big trouble. Yeah, a real big problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, uh, I had talked to Barbara, and she was talking about doing investigations uh, there, and she got a group to come in from, uh, I believe, Idaho, correct? From Boise, yeah, Idaho Spirit Seekers. Well, you know what? We're going to talk about that after the break, because we have to take a break right now. Can you hang on? Yeah. Okay, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on TogiNet. I am Ron Kolich. He is Maureen Wood. And on the line with us today is Robert. Sue. She was 17 <laughs> when Buddy Holly wrote the song that changed her life, Buddy Holly's hit song, Peggy Sue. Tragedy struck on February 3rd, 1959, when Buddy Holly was killed in a plane crash. Peggy Sue's whole world crashed as well, and now Peggy Sue is telling her story. The whole controversial story, it's the real story about her relationship with Buddy and the real story of her marriage to Buddy's best friend and a drummer in the band. A marriage that was filled with emotion and physical abuse. It's the autobiography of Peggy Sue Guerin called Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue. And now, Peggy Sue is reaching out to women who feel trapped in a marriage of physical abuse. The National Coalition Against Domestic Violence has named Peggy Sue as one of its main spokespersons and to host a new domestic violence radio show on Togunet.com. Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue is available on the web at PeggySueOnline.com and at national bookstores. Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue, published by Togi Entertainment. Hi, this is Elizabeth Foley of Divine Healing, and join me for the Phoenix Hour. Tips and tools for personal and spiritual transformation on TojiNet every Wednesday from 4 to 5, beginning January 9th. Listen live to the most outstanding names in metaphysics as well as some new emerging personalities in the spiritual community. Each Wednesday on TojiNet.com, there will be straight talk exploring various metaphysical theories, beliefs, healing modalities, and tools for personal and spiritual transformation. Join me as we explore not only angels, but everything else under the stars. Be the phoenix, forever changing and transforming, every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m., and see you there. We're back. We are back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on TuesdayNet. I am Ron Cohen. She is Maureen Wood. And with us is the proprietor of the Grand Geyser, Geyser Hotel, Grand Hotel in Oregon, <laughs> Barbara Sidway. Hey there. I got it right? Yeah, Geyser Grand Hotel in Baker City, Oregon. Yes, sir. <laughs> You were close, right? I, I, only, I only do that, like, once a year. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You don't know how lucky you are. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I forgot we were right in the middle of something. We, we were talking about Idaho Spirit Seekers, the group that, right, that that's we've connected with. Right. I don't remember who asked who, if they, if they expressed interest in us or we expressed interest in them, but we think it's terrific what they're doing, and we really are appreciative of it. They're coming out here about every three weeks or a month or so, and they're doing an investigation of the whole hotel oh, wow. in a real methodical manner. And they have cameras and voice recorders and temperature readers and other things that I don't understand. <laughs> and um, it's it's a terrific group of of people that are really they're very serious and dedicated about uh, oh, exploring the spirit world. Yeah. And what's really great is that they're allowing our guests to go with them, a really limited size, so it's, you know, maintains its seriousness and sense of purpose, you know? Right. And oh, so they'll go cool. off on teams and they'll, you know, attack, you know, not attack, but they'll, like, you know, section off, you know, like they'll go do the second floor. And then they get their readings and, and they evaluate them at a later time, and then that informs the next trip in to do an investigation. So... I'm do sorry? they have this up on your website or anything so that people could look at it? 
Well, you know, what we've got is Idaho. I don't, but Idaho Spirit Seekers does. So let me just get there. I'm at my computer here, so I'm going to get Marie's website. Marie, you're so cheap. <laughs> huh? You might want to explain that one. You what? say it all the time. What's that? Yeah. What he's saying, Barbara, is we had, um, when David Wells visited, um, and I, we were going out one time going to the lighthouses, and he just was too funny because he looks at me and he's like, that Maureen, she's so cheap. And I turned around and looked at him like, what? And he's like, oh, no, that's a phone service out in England, he said. And, it's, and that's their advertising. And that's their advertising. That Maureen, she's so cheap. Oh. And now Ron doesn't stop saying it. Yeah, Ron loves them, sure. Okay, so here's the website. of uh, It's called you know, www.idahospirit.com. Seekers.com. Okay. And so that they talk about, they do other investigations. You know, it's not just us, but that's where they talk about, you know, during the investigation of us. We don't have anything on our website. You can see pictures of the website and so on at geysergrand.com. It's spelled G-E-I-S-E-R-G-R-A-N-D.com. You can make reservations and so on there or email me at info at geysergrand.com. But the Spirit Seekers talks about what they're what they do. And it's, it's just a nonprofit, you know, group of people. And the, the fee that they charge a guest just goes to the nonprofit, you know, so it's a, all a good, a good fun thing. And yeah, guests think it's go. fun. I did it with them one time. Um, actually, I've only done it twice. So I, I did it on their second, their second visit. And uh, it was great fun. Now, you, well, I was going to say, uh, do they use psychics at all? Um, I don't believe that they have yet, but okay. I think, you know, they've just done this, the second investigation. I think they're open to doing some other things. Um, and I know that they are going to, after they get some more evidence and so on, they're going to expand their investigation to include historical research at the library so that they can try to identify who the spirits are. Uh-huh. I'm really excited about finding that out because right now we're just pure speculation. Right. We're up on their website now, and we're looking at the, uh, well, that's a nice hotel, motel, whatever it is, hotel. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. cool. How many rooms in there, Barbara? Originally, there were 70, but we combined them so that there are just 30 now. They're mostly suites, and they all have private bathrooms. They're kind of plush. Yeah, people like that. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. That, now, that looks amazing. Yeah, you know, it's really fun. I mean, to me, I'm I'm just so grateful that we're going to have a chance to 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 in a in a consistent, ongoing way, you know, try to drill down on what the real story is here on the spirits. You know, hmm. I mean, it is. It's nice to get the evidence. It's nice to um, to see that you know you're picking up something that's similar. I mean, just like you say. I mean, even from the hearsay that you get from the guests. You're saying that you're not having, you know, they're not corroborating all their information together, but yet you're hearing similar stories. So right away, you know, you're getting the verification. Right, right exactly. We know we've got activity here. There's no question about it. And Marie, Marie has told me that she, that, you know, she says the hotel is speaking to her. Yeah. She, Marie is the leader of the Spirit Seekers. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, maybe she, who knows, maybe she's, so she's not going out and saying she's sensitive, but yet she's, yeah, perhaps she is. she's a little bit sensitive picking up information then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Now, this is not the first uh, haunted place you've been in before. I mean, you, you've been involved in uh, yeah. uh, preservation for quite a while, I believe, right? Yeah. I, you know, I really think that, that uh, buildings can tell us so much about 
who we are, where we're from, what our cultural values are. There's just nothing like them. And to, to save them and to have them be a part of our lives just really enriches us in lots of subtle and big ways, you know. And I think that without historic preservation, I think that, you know, this, the whole nature of the spirit world and where the spirits live um, would be probably kind of challenged. So I, I think the whole exploration of ghosts and spirits is really a fun way to connect with our past. That's how I look at it. You know, that's fantastic. I mean, that really is a great way to look at it because, especially nowadays, I mean, everywhere you look, it seems like there's another, you know, television show or, um, you know, a more, more information that's coming out about the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really good time that people just seem to be more open to it than any time in history. You know, not that they didn't research it and look into it, but now with the ability of us to be able to get on the Internet and find information in seconds, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you sit there and you look at the amazing amount of, you know, historical information combined with the ghosts of spirits that people are, you know, experiencing, and I just think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Okay, now, do you find that when you do re- renovations that uh, paranormal activity increases or decreases? Well, you know, it's hard to say because when I get there is what I experience and what has happened before is a question mark. I, I mean, I've done certainly more than a dozen major projects since I got into this in 84. And I would say that the buildings that were vacant for long periods of time and that had a really interesting, rich past, that's where the action is. So I don't know if perhaps, you know, being boarded up for decades, the spirits have been allowed to kind of like get comfortable and roam free and no reason for them to leave. Right. Um, that's, that's my belief just from my personal experience. Not from, I'm not a well-read person on the paranormal at all. I'm probably the, the least educated on that that you'll ever have on your program. I just, no, you will be, you will be. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, for example, the, the Biltmore Hotel, I think, is the most um, extraordinary series of experiences that we ever had, which is an open hotel in Coral Gables, Florida. <clears throat> when we came on the scene in, this was 86, the building had been shuttered since the, about 1950, <clears throat> long period of time, especially in the tropics. It had been a glamorous place where Al Capone was almost murdered in the jazz age, the 20s. And then in World War II, it was converted to a hospital for desperately mentally ill and very physically uh, damaged uh, soldiers. And so there there was a lot of pain and agony in uh, in the 40s. And then there was a lot of frivolity in the the late 20s, but very intense experiences. Right, Um, yeah. Yeah, and so I could just go on and on for, like, take over a whole radio show on all the things that happened to us in the course of doing that restoration. But well, I understand that's okay. that. You want to hear about it, though. Okay, well, uh, here's an example that, that my late father had who was a complete ghost disbeliever, thought it was just a total bunch of bunk, never believed it. He was in the elevator, and he was uh, getting off the elevator. This is during the construction phase in the late 80s. <clears throat> And um, a hand came in to hold the elevator. You know how that'll happen on a floor because there were going to be people getting on. And he he saw the hand, the physical hand, quite clearly, very close to him. And the hand 
came back and there was no one there. there it was a hand without a body, in other oh, words. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that must have uh, freaked him out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, well, he went from a disbeliever to a believer in that one experience. And then also, he was working with us. He was retired, but helping us out on this project was very large for us. It was the largest restoration in the southeastern U.S. still today. Um, and we, we had, I mean, the workers there all knew about, about the haunting, and some could be fine with it, and some had problems and left the site. Oh, the other thing that was interesting about this particular project is that in the 60s, you know, there was, there's uh, the whole cult of Santeria is kind of like related to Voodoo worship and so on, oh, and it yeah. does involve... Uh, you know, kind of witchcraft and, and sacrifice, animal sacrifice, and some say human sacrifice. Uh, folks had broken into the, the hotel and had a temple created on one of the top floors that had an altar. Uh, we, we did find a human skull there as well as oh. other manifestations of sacrifices. So, okay, so yeah. what did you do with the human skull? I have to ask. I was going to have to. Well... You know, that's what we have our historic preservation, you know, lobby or, or little group for. So we, we turned over. We're really careful about turning over all artifacts to the, you know, whatever the, the historic preservation group is. Here at the Geyser Grand, there really wasn't a preservation group, so I just kind of collected it in a room, all of the things that we found. <clears throat> so we don't know what happened from there. But the city of Coral Gables, Florida, had a historic preservation officer, Ellen Guccione, who's now the historic preservation officer for the city of Miami, and so she probably knows what happened with that. It might have gone to the police. I really don't know. But I think, you know, you definitely had some interesting activities going on there through the years. Um, now, what happened to the place now? Is it a hotel now? Or? It is a hotel. In fact, the TAPS, the Paranormal Investigator Group yeah. uh, had their annual conference there a couple of months ago. Oh, they did? Yeah, because it's so it's so active. So, I mean, it, it continues today. Absolutely. I think that the activity might have been heavier when we were there, but maybe we were just, it was such a big project and there were so few of us construction workers that we all had experiences there. But, um, I mean, you, you just, you saw people and you heard people and all throughout the hotel, all, all, I don't think there were many. I don't think there were any workers that didn't have experiences there. In the course, now of the let workshop. me ask you: at that hotel, though, now you say that the one you're at now, the Geyser, mm -hmm. um, that it takes place, or the Geyser Grand, it takes place, you know, at nighttime, right? The right. The hours of the morning. Right. Uh, what about this other hotel? Was that the same thing, or was it definitely definitely most of the activity was at night? This was a very um, intense project for us with a big bonus to get it done on time, and a big penalty if we didn't. So we did work 24 hours a day on the construction. So that's so we did have opportunities for experiences. Yep. Okay, okay very good. Now, I mean, it's, it's really like odd. I mean, when you go into it, can you, I mean, when you, I, I, mean I don't know how to say this, but when you walk into a, a place like that for the first time and you're going to do preservation work on it, can you feel if it is haunted or not, or do you have any suspicions, or, or just nothing? Well, I would say that my attention doesn't go towards distinguishing this, the evidence of spirits as much as the whole cultural uh, feel of the place. And I think spirits are part of that, Ron. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you know how people will say, "Oh, if these walls could talk, what stories they would right. tell." Exactly. You know? Okay. Well, so the spirits are part of that telling of the story. And so, when I go into a building, I, I see if the, you know, how people will say, "Oh, it speaks to me." Right. Well, a building will speak to me. I don't mean that literally, like there are voices of ghosts saying, "Save me," but I think that's an element of it. I agree. I mean, the, the paranormal and, and the history goes hand in hand so much. I mean, you really can't have one without the other, really. Right. It's just, it, you know, it is what it is. It's just, if that tavern where the, where this, that you all were doing the investigation at, if someone had torn down that tavern, you wouldn't have the opportunity to do the investigation there. Right. I mean, it's really, I mean, the same thing. All these people that are out there, uh, we do a lot of work with uh, Jeremy Dietschmann, who works for the, uh, oh, I always screwed up, uh, White House, National White House Foundation of Trust. I can't remember. Yes, I know their work. It's great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they're the ones that saving all those lighthouses, but we have nothing left. Absolutely and, right. At the same time, by saving them, them lighthouses, yeah, them lighthouses, I can talk well. Uh, <laughs> by saving the lighthouses, they're also, I think, still um, giving the ghosts a environment to live in, right. believe it or not, in a, in a strange way. No, it's not strange. I totally agree with you. And by giving the ghosts the opportunity to continue whatever they're doing, it gives us and your listeners the opportunity to learn more from them. I, I agree. Now, I mean, Maureen is, I mean, I'm lucky to work with Maureen. Oh, did I just Oh, my that? God. <laughs> Mark my calendar. <laughs> oh, continue. You know, you know with, with, with the new hairdo, I didn't think you were in here. <laughs> oh, you're fine. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I mean, she, when she does actually a trans meeting with spirits go with her and, and actually talk to her, um, it's pretty good because now you're really getting a glimpse into their lives of what they think and feel mm-hmm. versus, uh, you know, just seeing a ghost or, or uh, even like getting a, a, uh, an EVP. This is, it's much more intense. And, uh, you know, I really, I really enthralled by that, that thing that you can actually go back in time to when these people were there and actually speak to them. It's, it's amazing. It is. And, and I mean, you can, I guess some people are interested in ghosts for kind of the shock value or the scare value of it, but that I think you're missing it. That's just looking at it like it's an oddity, woo woo. But if you if you exactly. really yeah, if you get in deeper now now that I'm you're with, I'm with you on that. Ghosts of people too. Hmm? What? <laughs> yeah. I say ghosts of people too. Well, we're people. <laughs> ghosts were people. Too. Okay, we're people too. <laughs> But anyways, uh, we're hoping uh, someday to be able to come up that way and uh, drop by on you and see, you know, how the ghosts have been treating you. Oh, that'd be great fun. Absolutely. Yeah, we have, uh, uh, well. Hey, ghosts are people that is void of a body, that's all. Right. <laughs> I actually saw something. Uh, I heard it. Um, I heard it in church, believe it or not. <gasps> What'd you hear? Um, a body... Without a soul is a corpse. A soul without a body is a spirit. Ah, see that? Isn't that cool? That is right. cool. I don't know what so it means. That's, so that's borderline saying they believe in uh, the afterlife with spirit. Well, the, the church, the church does. does. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of the church's business, is the afterlife. 
Exactly. Yeah, but they shunned, yeah, I know, but sometimes in their own way, you know what I'm saying? We, we had an interesting guest on uh, Ghost Chronicles International on Tuesday, uh, Richard Felix from uh, Most Haunted, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he's got this theory, which is really funny. He believes that all ghosts are around because of religion. You're kidding me, really? Yeah, no, why I'm that? Did he explain why? Yeah, he, he explained that they are here because uh, religion put the fear of hell in them, and they don't want to pass on because they're afraid they're going to go to hell. You know what? That makes sense. But wouldn't that be a scary thought? Because if that's the case, then they must have done something really, really not nice to think they should stay back and not go to the light. You know what? We've all done something not nice. I understand that, but to the level of thinking that you're going to go to hell? I don't know. That's a sad thought. I think that a lot of loved ones that come back to us as our guides and angels at times, um, and they watch so over that us. Wouldn't, and they that have, wouldn't fit into his but theory. It, but it would, well, I think they do. I mean, I saw my father come back. Yeah. But it's the whole, don't you say, oh, well, I'll poke you one. Be nice to me one minute, and you're a wise guy the next. But, Barbara, how can I deal with it? Oh, it's a tough one. <laughs> it is. <laughs> now, wait a minute. You, you saw someone who you thought was your friend. No, I didn't. I was in a car. With my son, now, now, this is the whole thing. My father always wanted a boy in the family. He never could have a boy. It was all girls, a poor man. There was girls everywhere. Um, and then when I was going to be having my children, uh, my first daughter, he kept saying, oh, it'll be a boy, and it was my daughter. And then the second one, it was, well, it's going to be, a, you know, a boy. And it was, but my father passed away uh, when my son was three months old. Aww. So he got to hold him, and my he said, my little buddy. Just before my son was um, yeah, so at least he got to hold him, right? But he the didn't. strange thing is he, my son looks just like my father. I mean, he, he's a spitting image of him, you know, blue eyes, blonde hair, the whole thing. And I always felt that my father was kind of his guardian angel mm-hmm. um, watching over him. And there's been many times where, in fact, one, I was in a car, and my son was in the front seat, and all the stuff was going on, and we almost got into an accident. But the second before it happened, it was a car coming down uh, this incline, Without, I thought somebody was in it backing up and they would see us. What happened was they had no, they didn't put a brake on and their car was rolling into the intersection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw for a split second, I saw my father sitting in the back seat and I don't even know how we passed it, but we sped up and the car came and hit a truck on the other side. So, I mean, I know they come back. I really, I really feel they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that doesn't mean the ones that are hanging around maybe are not afraid. They're afraid to move on or they have something strong that's just keeping them here. The one thing I found is that I, I don't bring up the issue of the spirit world with people that, with guests in the hotel. I let them bring it up first because mm-hmm. I find that there are some people whose religious beliefs are challenged by the suggestion of the existence of the spirit world. I don't really know why, but I know to kind of not offend, you know? Oh, really? I know that you're, you're correct. I mean, I've, uh, I've heard the same thing, and you don't want to offend people, especially, um, you know, at the place of business. You're almost afraid to say something, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's, I don't know, it's just that, anyway, anyone else calling 877 or join us live in the Toji chat room. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, that's the whole thing. We really don't know. It's all theory, and, and people will tell you one thing or the other. You know, that's their opinion, basically, the way I look at it. But it's great that we have the opportunity to explore it. You know, there was um, the, I don't know, you're, you're international on this, so some of your people are in California, right? 
in yesterday's L.A. Times, Diane Keaton wrote um, an op-ed piece on why it's important to save buildings. And they, they, L.A. recently lost the Ambassador Hotel, which had the Coconut Grove nightclub where they had the Oscar ceremonies and Judy Garland and Frank Sinatra and young Barbara Streisand held forth in the nightclub. And she talks about how, you know, that because the building is gone, the memories are diminished forever, you know. And right. you want, you know, if that building was still there, would there be spirits there? We'll never know because the building's gone, right? It's very interesting. But you can also have spirits where the building was. Exactly. Mm. I mean, they've had cases where, uh, you know, I've had people go down the road in a certain time of day, whatever, at night, and they think they're seeing this spirit that's in a tree, when essentially it may have been a spirit that was in a house on the second floor and oh. so forth, that they just, they're seeing the spirit. So That would be more residual. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Huh. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's definitely possible. And, and there's many times you'll have people that move into new homes, and they're wondering why, you know, they have a haunting going on or things taking place. Well, what happened on the land or what building was there prior? Mm-hmm. Um, just because your home is new does not necessarily mean that you're, you know, not going to have any kind of paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, like I said, it's all conjecture, and we really, really don't know until we go, and then it's too late. Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily. I'm going to come back. Well, maybe not. <laughs> no, I don't want to say that. Maybe occasionally to watch my kids and stuff, but that's about it. I'll be back. You will? Actually, I'm not bugging me. <laughs> You're bugging me now. Believe it or not, Marlene and I actually have a pact. We do. And if either one of us goes before each other, we have this sign that we uh, we have that we will know it's them. Cool. So it's just... It's a, them. Well. <laughs> it's the one or the other, right? That's what I meant. One of us, yeah. Do we say the sign? No. Why? Because then how do we prove it? No, because... Be, because just because I don't want to prove it, I want to just know. Oh, right. You might have somebody else who dies before us, and they come back and give us that sign, and we oh, think what, they'll ruin it? What, yeah, they'll ruin it. it. <laughs> we won't know it. I think it might be you. What if you died at the same time with someone else who, who had the secret sign? <laughs> <laughs> or you could have you know, a prankster do it. Yes, exactly. We're in yeah. trouble. Not, you know, I mean... All right, you know what we need to do? We need to write it down, put it in an envelope, and then seal the envelope and put it away. Send it to Barbara. Not if you, Barbara. <laughs> there you go. To be keeper of the yeah. secret sign. You feel like saving those envelopes for, all, let's hopefully say, the next 60 years? <laughs> <laughs> That's the rate I'm going at. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Oh, that's awful. That's right. So, Barbara, you also, um, you're, you're involved in... Um, Preservation across the, the country. You're national. I am. Involved. I'm on the board of trustees of the National Trust for Historic Preservation, which is a membership-based um, nonprofit organization. It's actually chartered by Congress, but we don't get any funding from uh, the government. We are just, um, you know, donation-supported, and we're, we're the only national organization that really advocates for preservation. And we work with partners across the country, statewide and local partners to uh, preserve the places that matter to us and build stronger communities and so on. It's great. And uh, you can go to preservationnation.org if anybody's interested in learning more about that. And we certainly have, uh, you know, the the places that we support are the places where you've got the the spirit activity going on. So That's right. And, uh, you know, I was uh, involved in preservation myself, and I still am, to a 
quite a degree. I was president of the Merrimack Valley Preservation Group, and, and actually we won an award from the uh, Essex Peabody, uh, what the heck is that called? Essex Peabody Museum. So that, that was kind of neat. It was cool. a good thing, and I always feel good about it. Great. And, and when, you, when you can save a building, it's like saving history. It's, it is. You know, it's just, I mean, what if the Alamo was in there? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, all would have, I mean, when you think about it, if you watch like any of the shows on uh, like the History Channel or Travel Channel, and you go back to like the Seven Wonders of the World, Ancient World, and the, and for instance the uh, the Statue at Rose, the Lighthouse at Rose. I mean, to this day, they don't know what it looks like. They only have you know kind of thinking what it was. It's all theories and exactly. Yeah. You know, one time it's a statue over the you know standing over the harbor's entrance, another time it's not. You know. And if if those times, well, of course, that was a long time preserver, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah wouldn't it? <laughs> but I, just, I mean, that's the thing. By preserving buildings, we, we know what they look like. We can get the feel of what history was at that time. Absolutely right. And we're and we're just beginning. There's an emerging um, sense of we need to have a more sustainable planet. Climate change is here upon us, and we need to have solutions. Right. Well, preservation is the ultimate recycling. You think about it. You don't. Right. We don't throw away our bottles and cans anymore. We don't throw away our newspapers. We recycle them, right? Why would you throw away your building? You've got all right. that energy embodied in the building that you lose when you tear it down. Then you have to spend more resources to truck it off to a landfill. Then you've got to put all the resources into building a new building. So really, the greenest building you're ever going to have is one that's already been built. Right. You know what, Barbara? I actually feel that way about reincarnation. Oh, um, you got a perfectly good soul. Why throw it away? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there you go. the show is coming to an end, Barbara. So uh, you have a, you have an event coming up uh, on Halloween, I believe, don't you? We do. We have Idaho Spirit Seekers are going to be out doing the ghost hunting uh, experience on both October 31st and November 1st, and again on November 22nd. So. We would welcome any anyone who wants to come out to uh, participate, but please call us first because we do want to keep the keep the groups down to a nice, comfortable size. It can be really fun. That's excellent. Now, uh, once again, your website is G E I S E R G R A N D dot com. Geyser Grand, and you can call us uh, toll free at eight 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 G E I S E R G or 888-434-7374 for more info. And ask for me. Awesome. All right. And, Barbara, we want to thank you so much. Yeah. The, the hour just flew by. I'm it, oh, so this much. has been a blast. I, I'd love to be on any time. You guys are a lot of fun. Appreciate well, everything you do. We, we are going to we'll have you back on again. Uh, I'd like to get her on the podcast. Oh, that would be fantastic, yeah. Yeah, so that would be cool. Uh, we want to thank you so much for coming on and, and keep up the good work with preservation. Okay, thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thanks, Barbara. Good night. Well, that just flew by. certainly did. That was, it was, she was great. I like her. Very nice. I hope But anyways, uh, the new iTunes is up, and it's a special show. It's a tribute to uh, Sean Portier. It's uh, an old episode we did from WCCM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with you and I and Jan and uh, Sean. Yeah, it was yeah. really good, and I, I think with Halloween coming up, and 
You know, he went to the tribe and forth behind the festival of death. Yeah. Yep. So we did that. Want to remember him? So, so tune in to Ghost Chronicles. Next week. Bye. Ever wondered how you?